This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cammie here. Couple things. First of all, today on the podcast, Armand Fields and Celeste Pacoche from Work in Progress Seasons 1 and Season 2, which is, I believe, out now. What a wonderful show. Love it. It's on Showtime. Honestly, I truly do love that show. And hey, speaking of shows, you want to come see me do some stand-up comedy? Well, bring your mask and your vaccine card, and I will see you in Brooklyn on August 26th and 27th in Philadelphia at Helium Comedy Club on, well, not on, throughout September 3rd through 5th. I'll be there the 3rd to the 5th. That's three whole nights. I'll also be in Portland at Mississippi Studios on September 15th, in San Francisco at Cobb's Comedy Club on September 16th. I will be in Chicago. This one is just announced at the Den Theater on October 2nd and Salt Lake City October 14th. Am I going to be other places? No, probably not. That is the fall tour. But I haven't even, I haven't been on the road in multiple years. Uh, come, come to these shows. Hey, Cammie, I don't live near those shows and I can't come. How do I hang out with you? Great question. Well, you can support this show and hang out with me at the same time by becoming a Patreon patron. Go to patreon.com slash hey queeros you get access to a little special podcast you get an invitation to a hangout with me and sierra who produces this show what else do you get well you get to keep this show on the air you might not know this but i make like almost no money doing this show because it is actually really hard to sell ads for a queer show i can't believe that's true but it actually fucking is so you could be the queeros that step in and make it possible for me to keep spending time doing this. Just go to patreon.com slash heyqueeros. Tons of people already support the show, and it makes it so that I can pay Sierra. I really appreciate it. Y'all are the best. Enjoy the episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. I always have guests introduce themselves. Would you both introduce yourselves. Armand, please. Um, sure. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Armand Fields. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. I play King on Work in Progress. And I just realized in this moment that you can't spell Work in Progress without King. <laughs> um, and, right, and, um, I am a Chicago actor and drag performer now living in L.A. Uh, My drag name is Cleopocalypse. And yeah, that's me. Uh, Hi, everybody. Um, Yes, go. go, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, God, I always mess things up. Um, Hi, everybody. My name is Celeste Pekosh. I play the role of Campbell, who is Abby's best friend in work in progress. Uh, Like Armand, I... I'm from the Chicago theater scene, uh, now living in Los Angeles, and super excited to be here with you, and thanks for having us. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did not realize you both lived in L.A. now. I am a Chicagoan myself originally. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen yeah. you perform once in Chicago. That would make or like sense. A path cross. Yeah. Why wouldn't that be true? That would make so much sense. Yeah. How long have you both lived out this way? I've been here for 12 years now. Oh, so. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh, very long, uh, like a prolonged. Yes. And then, but it's such a joy to go back to Chicago to shoot um, Work in Progress because we're, of course, in the hoods that we we all love. And um, and I love Chicago. It's probably my favorite city. So it's great just being back there and closer to family. Still a bunch of buddies out there. So, yeah. What about you? And Ron? I've been out here for a year for the second time. <laughs> I came out here in twenty. <laughs> I came out here in twenty sixteen and like was here for a year, and I was like, mm, maybe not right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, what was the vibe it, when you came out in twenty sixteen? The vibe in twenty sixteen. See, I had already done this, just like Chicago acting struggle, and mm-hmm. I think I was just like still fresh in it that I was not ready to start the whole like grind again in a new city, and I was just sure. like, uh, yeah, I need to go back. And I was grateful that I did, because had I not gone back, I don't know if I'd have been on this show. Um, so it was just yeah. like really wonderful how everything sort of worked its way out. I think when I was in Chicago, I had this um, just like overhanging question of like, do I move to L.A.? Do I move to L.A.? And like, I moved to L.A. and the answer was confirmed. And then so I no longer had that question. So when I was in Chicago, I was like, I know why I'm here in Chicago. And oh, my like, God. I that just, feels like, like freedom. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, I know what you mean as somebody who. um yeah, who lived there yeah. and was working there, that that's like a sort of a constant question about like, when are you, where are you moving and when, which mm-hmm. coast and, um, yeah. Well, and, and, and at that time too, uh, at least when I was there, there was not the work in Chicago that there is now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I did some commercial work and, and things and really went through a lot of my training and worked for uh, the theaters out there, but there wasn't the massive like um, film and television that's being shot there now. And so I moved to LA to of course, try to break into that only to move or go back to Chicago to shoot a TV show. Right. So, yeah. You know, Hey, that was, was <laughs> and what's also funny is that year that I was living here in LA, I won the scholarship to this uh, acting school called BC or uh, BGB in LA. And Celeste was one of my teachers. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. Uh, and this is like before it. work in progress. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah, because then we met on set and mm-hmm. um, and we made that connection, which was crazy. Right. But yeah, small connected world for sure. Very. Well, I have, first of all, I'll say, wait, is the second season out yet? No. Yes? Oh, the 22nd. Thank you. Um, I have seen the first season and it is excellent. And also... Um, really made me feel some like intense uh things that you know i first of all i will say this i almost never watch anything that is in the genre of comedy because it feels like work (laughs) (laughs) and so i just don't find it very relaxing um like i often am coming to something like way late back everybody else has been talking about for a long time and i'm like oh yeah um but yeah, that's not my, that's not my like relaxation zone. Um, 
And so don't often watch comedy things. And then also I will say like, I can really appreciate when something is good. I mean, I think that that is something that happens often, but I, I felt, I so rarely am like moved by something that falls in the category in the genre in the comedy genre, even if other people seem to be, I like, it just is like, I have been around it for so long. I feel like I can like see the machine. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate it, but I'm not usually like in my body experiencing it. Um, and, you know, for me, I actually found this, sh- I found the show like so emotional and especially sort of the, you know, the journey for Abby's character, um, realizing that like she is, has been the like lifelong butt of the joke and like really processing that, that was really intense for me. I think I, you know, didn't um, put that all together in a way that felt like something I could articulate. I was, I used to have this haircut that was like long on one side. And um, this is like, 2008 Chicago. Yes. I'm going to Twisted yes. Scissors. I like am the yes. first person with this haircut walking through Logan Square. People gasp. Oh, what is that? You know, like that's the vibe or whatever. Yeah. And then eventually that haircut showed up as like a wig that was worn on Saturday Night Live in like a parody of lesbian culture. And really? after this happened, I'm going to, I would, I told myself that this was for many reasons, but that is one of the reasons I like cut my hair. I like cut Uh off this like hair because I felt like it had gotten to the point where it was a joke. Like the the hair that I felt like so comfortable in when I was like walking around being like, look at me, I'm fucking queer. And like, I got a, I mean, it was 2008. I was like wearing a lot of like sweater vests with a bow tie, but shorts and I'm on a bike, you know, like. (laughs) And it just was very, it was a thing that was going on. Anyway, fast forward, you know, several years later and I'm in LA and I like was getting a lot, I was getting work partially, I think because of that haircut, I would be like in things. But then I started noticing other people being put in wigs of that haircut, like not just on SNL, but other, in, there was a movie yeah. or a friend of mine and I auditioned for the same role. There's a lesbian role and we were both auditioned with the, for the, with the director and she got it. And in the movie, she's wearing like a fake of my haircut. Like they were like, we like something about this person, (laughs) but not all of it. Um, You know, uh, and it made me feel terrible. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I just to pop on that. And I'm so sorry that you experienced that. And that is really one, one reason why I, I do love work in progress because people just get to see people for their vulnerabilities, their rawness, their honesty. But I got a message from um, someone up in uh, the Bay Area after watching work in progress. And I, I didn't know this person, but I, I really um, respect when people take the time to, to write or something. And I, so I definitely want to always acknowledge it. But they wrote that... Um, when Pat, the character Pat on SNL was out, that shoved them so way deep down in the closet. Um, uh, they were called Pat all the time and um, they really wanted to get their hair cut. 
but they were so afraid to get their hair cut just because like they grew their hair out because of that. And when they saw the show, um, they messaged me and was like, I didn't know how much I needed to see this or to be seen. You know what I mean? And to not like have to apologize for who the hell we are. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe I'll summarize for anybody that missed the first season and you really should, I mean, anybody that listens to this podcast, I think would probably really love it, but um, yeah, there, so there's, there's a main character who is like this very atypical for television uh, person in terms of presentation, like gray hair and like, <laughs> like glasses and like clothes that fit um, like they fit on a body, you know, as opposed to like on a hanger. Um, and, you know, this character has a long relationship with the character that you're re- referencing, Celeste, um, this character, Pat, that was on SNL in like the 90s, played by Julia Sweeney. And it was like, and this character was, the joke was that this was a, that this person's gender was unplaceable and that they were also in the workplace. Like that's usually where yeah. Pat was placed. Um, yep. These like sketches were like, in the workplace or like, I can't remember anything that wasn't work. To me, it was always, always work yeah. if I like yeah. imagine them. So it's wild also thinking about that because this person's like, you know, to think about anybody that would watch that and recognize themselves. I think I was too young at the time. Like it just felt like, like I think because it was a, in the workplace, I was like, I can't relate to this at all. Like, <laughs> sure, nobody knows what to make of me at, ba- at basketball camp, but I'm not like near a copier, you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was like, essentially this character is being... Yeah, like bu- like bullied in the workplace because their coworkers, for some reason, needed to know right. what gender they were in order to be able to do their unrelated job. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so that's so that this character and Julia Sweeney, the actor who played this character, play a part in the first season. Yeah. Um, I, yes. So that's kind of what you're talking about, Celeste. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and Julia will be back this year, so yep. for this season, which yeah. is so cool because she lives in Chicago. <laughs> she did. She's out here she now, did. but um, here, that's yeah. how she was doing her show. I believe at one of the theaters near Second City. I'm not yeah, quite sure. I remember. Yeah, I think that was and, when I was there. Yeah. So they they approached her when they were doing the pilot, and she was all in. And she's so yeah. cool. She's just such a lovely person. I mean, it must maybe it's maybe it was moving for her also to be able to like make some sort of amends for I think so I mean you know and and not to speak for her but I definitely um think that she was really honored to be asked to be a part of this and and you know um to make amends with maybe some some feelings that where we've all evolved as a society and hopefully continue to keep evolving that that this was a, a a nice either closure or a new beginning for for that, you know, character, whatever, evolving. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I think what made me feel so affected by it is just the idea that, um, you know, some people get involved in theater or comedy or the comedy parts of theater um, who are the joke. And that's a very different experience, I think, than for other people. Like, I think some people are <laughs> making jokes and don't have a ton of experience. Um, yeah. Easy. Being, of also being the joke. Um, but I definitely do. And I didn't really even know that until I was watching this show. 
So weird. I'm fully an adult, but (laughs) one just never knows. (laughs) We're constantly evolving and changing, learning. Is that an experience that either of you have had? I was just about to say, yeah, being Black and queer, you know, Black queer characters are always sort of like the sidekick or always just sort of like there to offer like the sassy quip, you know, (laughs) that has like nothing to do necessarily with actually like the interpersonal relationship. It's just sort of there as like fluff. So Mm -hmm. that's why I appreciate like King on Work in Progress because like King comes in, but King is like their own person. Like King Mm -hmm. is just like you know, fully realized, multidimensional, and, you know, may have a funny quip or two, but it's, like, more so, it's just, like, it's about, like, the Abby and King's relationship, you know what I'm saying, in the scenes, and, like, King, like, genuinely wanting to just, like, help Abby. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. And there's also, like, a a bit of like a generational divide between the main character and like King is sort of part of a different group of friends that are like a younger queer. um, Cause that's another thing that I think the show does really well is sort of illustrates like, you know, that maybe like, okay, the, the idea that we've always been here is totally true, but we haven't always um, like, mixed in the same way as groups of friends as I necessarily see um, from like younger queer folks now, you know, there's like a sort of like an older group of lesbian friends and then like a younger group of like queer friends and they're different. It's like two, it's um, a generational difference and maybe like a difference in how they talk to each other and what kinds of stuff they're doing socially. Um, It's interesting to watch those communities like navigate interacting with each other and have that be positive because I think also so much has been like specifically for like white queers I think the idea of like pushing people out um Mm -hmm. that deserve space in the community has been much more what we've seen yeah you know and that reminds me of like when I was coming up in Chicago and just being in my 20s you know and I remember like I would go to like the L word screening at T's, you know? Oh my God. Yeah, of course. (laughs) See you there. That's pretty. (laughs) I know. I miss T's. And I would be like the only, like, you know, at the time, cis male, like gay person sometimes, but it was just like, I loved it. And like, I just like, I felt more a part of the lesbian community than I did like the gay community, which was very like, white homogenized like cis male you know so so yeah i actually haven't heard that before i haven't heard somebody say that and that's i mean i certainly know the dynamics of what was going on in chicago chicago being like a you know a subset of what was happening a lot of different places but i certainly know the like um white cis focus of boys town for instance the gay neighborhood in chicago i don't know what that's like now, but, but in terms of like who was owning the businesses versus like who needed the services that the LGBT center was was offering, it's like different groups of people. But what you're talking about, I I actually haven't heard somebody say that before. Um, Mm. What made you feel more comfortable in the, what we call the lesbian community? 
right. in Andersonville. <laughs> right. I think, you know, for the most part, like most of my friends were lesbian women, you know, and it was just sort of like, I just never felt like I fit in with the, you know, boys town sort of community um, or just, I, I think that was also a part of like me starting to recognize I was non-binary, you know, but just feeling like it was more welcoming. It didn't matter my color, my shape or size, you know, if I had muscles, if I didn't like, you know, and so it's just like, I just felt like I could just be me. Did you have a frame of, I mean, did you have a frame of reference for what could be true for you gender wise? I didn't No, And it wasn't until, um, you know, I started to hear the term non-binary um, and I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> like, um, and it was interesting because like when I was in my younger years, I think I was always sort of like very intimidated by like trans women because I was like, oh, my God, they're so fiercely themselves. And then also, too, I was afraid to like you know, embrace that side of me or like my feminine side, you know? And so I was just always like, sort of intimidated by that. But like, once I started to hear the term non-binary and gender, gender fluid actually was like the first word that I heard. Um, And I was like, oh, you know, and I sort of started to lean into it. Um, And, you know, as I started exploring other art forms and doing drag, not to say that you have to do drag to identify as non-binary, but like once I started doing that and being able to express myself in that way, and when I was expressing myself in that way, I never felt like there was this point that Armand was off to the stage, off to the side of the stage, and like my drag persona was on. It was like all one character. I was like, I'm I'm Armand when I'm Cleo, and I'm Cleo when I'm Armand, and it's just sort of like. It was very, so that was kind of like when it started um, coming to be, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, you do have to do drag to be non-binary. Also, to, <laughs> to just to be. Like, that's a, one of the top it should be qualifications. for everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Celeste, I feel like you were going to hop in with something. What well, were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, when I was coming out, in, in, which has now been like, I don't know, 25 years or whatever. Um, I was pretty young, um, but it, it really was only at that time gay or straight, like gay, lesbian or straight. And then maybe bisexual, uh, bisexuality would pop in there. And this is like mid 90s where you just didn't uh, hear really of, of anything else. And it's like, OK. And then you did feel like if I was young, a young uh, person, younger person than I am now, um, I don't know. Where I would fall, because I feel like I was so, you have to be in this or that. And I'm like, why do I have to make a choice on this? It's just who I am. And um, and now as we are growing and, and I love the being part of the queer community and seeing, you know, everybody kind of um, find their own groove and path. And like, even with my siblings, they're raising their children as like, you know, you're, you're going to be who you are. So we're fine. Uh, find yourself, be, be truthful, honest, and loving, and, and the rest is up to you, you know? And I think it's a really cool um, way to be. And, and they're, they're, you know, my nieces and nephews are 12, 13, and they already have a lot of non-binary 
um, friends, uh, trans kids in their class, uh, queer kids. And it's just uh, lovely to, to see that um, with the acceptance. We need so much more work, but, but you know, I think we're, we're moving there. Hey, to, to turn the topic to friends for a moment, do, do you have a, you know, I, I love the, um, the friendship that is shown between your character, Celeste, and, and Abby's character. Um, they're like, I don't know. I mean, what's the, how would you categorize that friendship? Well, I think they're ride or die. Um, it is a platonic yes, friendship. There you go. And, there you go. and, <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes that's not always seen because people like, oh, well, they're lesbians or they're, they're queer women. Why, why aren't they together? But it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, in my own personal life, I would die without my friends. Like they're, they're my um, people and I have not slept with them. I was just curious, you haven't slept with all of your friends? Uh, not yet. I'm At the same there. time? One party? Yeah. One big yeah. party? I don't know. I'll see what happens when this COVID clears out. But um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> First party back. Yeah. I think it's, it's just really beautiful, though, to not have that pressure of and of that Abby and Campbell are going to you know, end up hooking up or whatever. It's, it's just not in their puzzle piece. They've been friends for for 20 something years and um they love each other so deeply they're transparent with each other they feel safe with each other and nothing's going to knock one or the other off the grid and i think in season 2 we will see a lot more of that journey um between Campbell and Abby uh you know navigating their way through through the world um and and there's some flashbacks too, which are really fun. Kind of when you know Campbell and Abby kind of first started hanging out and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Do do you right? I mean, the the other thing that's interesting to me, I guess, about that is like because the folks that usually make it on TV in these like sort of more main character roles um, that are like in the lesbian or or like queer like AFAB category are so incredibly hot mm-hmm. that I think um <laughs> I think like writers and producers are I think having I think have a hard time not imagining that these <laughs> models right. will smash into each other. Um and I think you know that is like that's also I think it is discouraging, you know, for me um, to feel like you have to be super, super hot and and like, uh, like, yeah. And I mean, as a sidebar, I am super, super hot. We all are. (laughs) But um, thank you for clearing. But (laughs) the difference of the like, you know, models, let's just let's just use. Yeah. Like, like, like runway model. And hey thumbs up to runway models but yeah. th- that is like what our whole community looks like um mm-hmm. is i think is i think is really discouraging for just like the human experience it's a, it it makes a heavy heart uh for me i like sometimes i like to watch it sure who doesn't I'll like watch, a i'll watch the hell out a of sexy it. porny thing on the on the on the, on the tv i'll I watch that I'll but watch I, it. i'd also like there to be other options yeah yes i um you know i struggle with 
I've struggled with my weight, you know, my whole life. Um, and, you know, COVID, I gained like 20, 30 pounds, you know. And so coming back to work in progress, <laughs> I just had this immense amount of just fear and anxiety. And because King is very much so like, they don't give, can I say fuck? They don't give a fuck <laughs> about what other people think. You know what I'm saying? They'll wear whatever they want and just have, like walk with their head held high. And Armand is completely, <laughs> I, you know, King is actually giving me courage, which is amazing. Uh-huh. But it's just, I, I'm so grateful for work in progress in this show because I am embraced and no matter what size I'm at, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, and you said watching these shows, there's so much pressure. It's like, I don't have a six pack, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, in, you know, I get into my head that like, holy crap. I, and it's like, I recognize that like there wasn't a lot of people on TV that I could like look to and be like, oh, okay, they can do it. I can. And it's so funny too, because one person actually that was giving me courage through watching them on the television was Alex Newell. I was like, oh my God, Alex Newell is just so amazing. And just like owns it. They're on, uh, they're a singer, they're uh, an actor. Who is that? Why do I not know who this person is? You have to know who they are. It's always extraordinary playlists. Um, But when they sing- I have they seen bring that television show. Oh no, it's okay. But they were also in the Broadway revival, Once on this Island, and they played uh, a role that was usually played by a woman. But they're just amazing. Uh, their voice is spectacular. But anyway, they are, you know, thick, you know. And I'm just like, and just like their confidence and stuff. And I was just like, but then I recognized, like, also while I was on set, I was like, oh damn, I have to also be that representation. <laughs> For these people yeah. who are like yeah, sure. on the other side of the screen, at, like mm-hmm. feeling like they don't see themselves because everyone is like, Absolutely. you know, size zero. Oh, I mean, that sounds that sounds genuinely challenging. But thank you for doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, you know, I, I hear you. I mean, for sure, it's it is something to be in a to recognize that, that you could be having a positive effect, but then also have to like live in your body and be on camera. Those are complicated things. Um, I think it's true for anybody in that, that does, you know, any job that might be listening where, um, (laughs) be the change you want to see in the world (laughs) is actually like, sometimes a little traumatizing. (laughs) Right. Also take care of yourself while you're being the change. Yeah. 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 It's like, that is, Oh, so we need to bring that yeah. back on T-shirts. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I, you know, Armand, I, I I felt the same way. You know, mm. I mean, uh, people are going to see a, a a fluffier Campbell um, in in season two, and I I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I, I just don't give a shit anymore. All right, like pe- pe- people look at us as as America in this country. Like I am represent representing like kind of the the normal chick you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's like i i'm I, it was at the point where i'm like i'm gonna focus on the work and I'm, I'm gonna do my thing and if people have um an issue um with whatever i i am um providing <clears throat> um 
then that is not my gig. That's all on them. And they're missing a really good story if they're only focused on that. And I too, though, find inspiration from other people that just own it. And I'm like, oh man, they are incredible, like in their body and in themselves. And I, you know, I, like Cameron said, I I think um, we all deal with that in a different way, no matter where we, we fly. But um, I think that's a daily progress. Yeah. Is there, is there a specific thing that you did to, to get to, I don't give a fuck. If you could just (laughs) tell me the breadcrumbs to get from giving a fuck to not giving a fuck. That'd be amazing. Um, Exhaustion. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Sure. Been there. Yep. (laughs) Um, And, and just like having and putting so much pressure on you and trying to just juggle everything. And it's like, you know what? Because I'm trying to get someplace, I think maybe for other people, I am no longer happy or motivated. And so I just made that switch. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get there on my own time. And and actually, like I have, I've started running. I've started doing things. I'm trying to establish a more of a healthy lifestyle. But um, but it's it's kind of like I'm like, I can't control what people are going to think no matter what I do. Right. Um, sure someone's going to say. So it was at that moment where like, hmm, cool, I don't give a fuck. And it also happened years ago, probably where um, I wasn't booking anything when I was trying to like really conform to what I thought they wanted. And it wasn't until that I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong? And then I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go in and just be me. And I started booking things and it was crazy. When you were trying to do what you thought people wanted, what did that look like? Like, what what, what were you what were you doing? Uh, to, you know, what do you I, think people want? Tell us. What, what do, let's all go around and say. People what we just want the joy. Um, I yeah, think. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think I was a little green in the sense that um, I need to get this job. I have to book this job, um, and I oh, sure. And, and so I'd go in nervous and, and, you know, not really being me. And then I suddenly realized, well, they they don't want to see an artificial like caricature of, of this, you know, um, role. They want to see you in that voice with that, you know, point of view. And so it's like, okay. So it just kind of, I, I just went all Celeste and, and you know, cause I, I was, I was frustrated. I was tired. I was like, Oh my God. And, and I see it now when I coach or like, um, work with, uh, actors, um, I'm like, just, just let come, come undone. Let, let it j- just be you. And because that's right. how you're going to start working. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Think. I mean, that's sure. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's, that makes sense. I mean, and look at Abby, you know what I mean? Like this was the, the very first set she's ever been on was her own television show. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so, so raw and, and she's all, all in and a, an amazing, beautiful performer. And so, you, you know, you don't have to push anything. This is so true. I was thinking like while you were talking Celeste, it was like, I really didn't start like booking stuff. Like I had done a lot of theater, but I didn't start like booking film and TV until I started doing drag. I had like, when I got back to Chicago from LA, I started working in the restaurant industry. And again, I was just like miserable after doing it for like 15 years. And then I got with a new agent and they were sending me out. But I was like, 
I think I, I like dabbled in drag, but I never really like fully pursued it. Mm-hmm. And I was like seeing a, all, like a, other drag queens in Chicago, like making it, doing drag full time. And I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I quit my job and I started doing drag full time, entering every competition in the fucking city that I could. And I was like winning and I was like, okay. Yes. And then it's like my drag started to grow. It was like all of a sudden, all this like film and TV came out of the woodworks. And I was like, and that's the thing. Like, it was like, because I was living all of me, like full out, like, no, and apologies. I think, no apologies. And it was like the casting directors realize that like when you can walk in a room and not apologize for who you are, like that makes them stand up and be like, oh, who is this person? You know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, y'all are. I'll take your. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Not even any apologies. You can't do any None. apologies. Just one or None. two. Okay. You can't. <laughs> Otherwise, you like. I. I was a really bad uh, uh, apologizer throughout life. Like, um, I don't know if this is from growing up Catholic or what, but, um, but like, I even remember playing softball. Thank you. When I was in like fourth or fifth grade, and I would miss every pitch thank you and i would keep saying to the coach i'm so sorry i'm so sorry she's like slut stop apologizing <laughs> and and so i i have tried and i'm trying to like tell like we don't have to apologize like someone the other day like opened up the door and and didn't realize i was coming through it and they're like oh my gosh i'm so sorry i'm like no it, it's okay <laughs> Like, let's save our apologies for when they really need right. to be said. You know what? Absolutely. I'll tell you the only time I think an apology really needs to be said, which is one time I was exiting. Maybe I was walking into a restaurant and Lisa Kudrow was walking out of the door and almost hit me. And then I wish I could do a really good Lisa Kudrow impression. It was like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Like, did like it was so exactly her as she was apologizing fumbling constantly restarting the sentence i said uh-huh. you're booked totally <laughs> <upset."> <laughs> let's go back in time i've got a show for you it's called friends you can totally uh, totally good at that. um i love lisa kujo so much i do too huge it was fan. just like it was thrilling you know and she and i'm sure she knew it too she's like well you got to see it. It's really real, you know. She's um, telling this story herself um on some some podcast right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. I want to go back to what you were talking about when you said, you said for a second, like, I look like 
America, America or something like, like uh-huh. something like that. We're like, this is like what, you know, and I, you know, I, I think that one thing that strikes me as true is that for women or at, like that, um, which I don't even know if that's how you identify. Is that how you I identify? do? I do. Yes. Yeah. That for women, um, the thing of like, this is what America looks like then getting you cast in every commercial is not something I see as much. I have a bunch of dude friends, people I know who are like a dude that he, like they are in everything because they're like, because they have a bald head or because they have like (laughs) odd facial hair. And so when, you know, when television or when brand you know, when, when folks are looking to market their brand, when they want it to look like it belongs to everybody, they're like, oh, this guy, he's got like a bald head, get the bald headed guy. (laughs) These people have like the, like a full, like such, like such a huge full career. Um, but you know, I don't really see that as much for women. I'm curious if that has been your experience, you know, if like the, like, I know that every man I think is actually like a very marketable thing to do, to be, and I don't see that as much in terms of like the every the every woman. What are you? I, I um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely much more difficult. I do think for for women because there's still this um, particular expectation that they have, uh, or that that people. And when I say they, it just means in in general. I feel um, that yeah, okay, it has to be like super sexy or like, let's cast a 37 year old to play this, um, 58 year old or, or vice, you know, whatever <laughs> it might be. But I'll tell you the one reason why, um, I brought it up is because I, I shot this commercial years and years ago and they threw me in, um, like this, this, uh, uh golf shirt. I, I don't know. And, um, my sister was, um, looking for the, the spot online, but she came across this website that was for, um, by big breasted women for big breasted women. And um, Emily's like, <laughs> my sister wait, was wait. like, <laughs> I'm sorry, should I start over? Are you both now just? No, no, you can, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Wait, wait, what do you mean a site that's by big breasted women for big? What do you mean? What kind so of site? There's this like, like it, 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 they, they would, they would show clips of women with big breasts, natural looking at yes. big breasts on this website in the media. So, oh, because they were really excited about it. So, so it was like a, <laughs> Positive it was thing. like a big breasted women representation website, yes. a website by big breasted women. Was it, was it called breasted women? <laughs> was it called for, was it called for bus by bus? I, it, it could could have been. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. Buster Bus. There was a there was a gif of me um, in this, and like so, it was just kind of me, like <laughs> not really oh bouncing, like it wasn't floppy dance USA, but it was very funny. And the comments were so positive, like, oh my god, oh my god, thank god, I'm seeing. Oh something. my god, that is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, because, you know, I'll tell you this. I'm going to get real here. Um, get real. Yeah, I, yes. spill the tea. I have <laughs> always had issues with how big my my breasts are. They're 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 big. And um, 
And so it's tough to wear some type of shirts. Um, it makes me look, you know, bigger than I, I am. Yes. You know, I can't preach. Tell me this. Yeah. Tell me the things. And so it's like, um, uh, this is one thing that, that I ha- have felt very um, self-conscious about. And then it's kind of like, again, going back to earlier where it's like, well, it is what it is. And so I'm just going to own it. You know what I mean? Because um, I do know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I've often thought like if I really wanted to wear like a wasted dress, like a dress that had like a prominent waist, that would really help what's going on for me physically, (laughs) like in terms of accurately showing what's going on. But since that's not what I want to wear, it is. I do find that even even when I look at myself, sometimes I find it confusing. What are the proportions? So, yes, Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are. You get it, right? It's I do I do nightmare. That is that's very cute. I thought you were gonna be talking about something else. Like for instance, I used to be on this animated show and I was a park ranger on this show. And it was I love the show so much. It's called We Bear Bears. I like it's honestly one of the greatest jobs I've ever had. But then one time I was looking for like a still um of this park ranger because I wanted to like send it to my parents or something, and I did not really understand what sort of like a tumbler <laughs> hole I was going to fall into and like the amount of like hand-drawn um, porn, like sexy images because this <laughs> character is like thick and redheaded <laughs> and wearing like a uniform. And that is, that does work for a lot of people. Uh-huh. I just didn't, I mean, I didn't know <laughs> that people draw their own stuff. And like, anyway, there is a lot of, uh, or there was several years, several years ago, there was a lot of like fandom oh Ranger Tabes stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which was delightful to see, you know, like, wow. great. That's hilarious. She deserved it. Great character. <laughs> First of all, this is going great. Yeah. Oh, good. That's great. the good news. Yeah. Um, What's the bad? Not, I'm, yeah, no, <laughs> the bad news is we only have 15 minutes left, and so I'm trying what? to I'm trying to navigate oh, like damn. what do I want to what do I want to make sure yes. that we hit. Um, so, Armand, I wanted to ask you, um, working, you know, for this whole time, but having like a shift in your own understanding of yourself during that time. How has that been in terms of like commuting to communicating to others? Like, you know, this is actually how I, how I understand myself. And these are Mm -hmm. the pronouns I use. Like what, what's that experience like? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it has been, it's been interesting. Like everyone has been very like open and accepting, you know what I'm saying? But as far as like, (laughs) I say that as like yesterday, like someone like, called us all late yeah and i was like (laughs) okay (laughs) but like um, someone called you and the people on the show uh all ladies yeah 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 Yeah. uh, you said thanks girls yeah like just thanks all you know right (laughs) um so and that Right. But it's just, you know, I'm grateful for my team, like my agents and managers, because they're very much like, 
respectful and the type of things that they send me out for, you know, they always just sort of like double check what the casting director is actually looking for. Because a lot of the time, these, some, sometimes these casting directors still are understanding or trying to grasp, you know, what type of right. character they want, um, especially when they start to expand upon the, the queer diaspora, the LGBTQIA right. plus diaspora. So, um, so my team is very great as far as like having these conversations and asking what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not comfortable with. Um, and then also too, whenever they send me breakdowns, they'll probably expect an email follow up being like, Hey, so what exactly are they looking for? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, just checking, you know, cause the last thing I want to do is like go for a job that I'm like, well, if you're looking for this person, you should actually find this person, not try to fit me into this box, you know? What, and I think what, too, can you say more about what you like, what you think, what you've experienced in terms of. Um, like, like what has somebody been looking for? And then you've been like, that's not me. Right. Yeah. I remember once there was like a breakdown for a trans male character and I was like, well, um, not (laughs) that. Uh, and I was like, what are they looking for? And I think they were just like, I think now they're opening it up. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, I come with my non-binary self, them, yeah. you know, and and then they end up casting a cis male person in the role. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, just, right. <laughs> you know, maybe so, people who are not in the industry don't even know what we're talking about. But one thing that's true mm-hmm. is that if you're auditioning for something for television and film, you know, you like get a get a breakdown of that character and my experience has been that many times um somebody is looking for a queer person like it's not the we're sort in my experience has been that we're sort of all competing for like the five percent of roles that Mm -hmm. are queer eligible anyway (laughs) Mm -hmm. um because it's not necessarily like this is a doctor and we'll we'll like look at everybody and we'll just see what the you know like it's by the time it's getting to an actor it's like that something like that has has often been written but the um but, but I do understand that also what you're saying in terms of like okay so now there's like tra- trans and non-binary representation but like we might not even know what that means if you know mm-hmm. the person who's the casting director might not even know what that means so it's just like who's every person that falls in this category. Plus I'm imagining blackness plays a massive factor into the kinds of roles that you get versus the types of things that are sent to me. Um, yeah. So it's, so it's a lot of like, I mean, it's funny. Like I used to get stuff that was like super hip now that I'm like a little bit older, I get stuff that is where, um, sometimes the person's, the person's body is supposed to be made fun of. That's a wild thing that has changed in the last couple of years. I like said no to auditioning for something where the person referred to her own body as a truck multiple times in the small excerpt from the script <laughs> that I got. I was like, if it's this many times in this many paragraphs, I feel like I'm not, I feel like this is not the one for me. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, 
yeah, I guess that it would make sense that in a larger world that doesn't totally know what these terms mean, that that's yeah. also true for, you know, Hollywood. That's certainly been my experience. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think just grace, having grace, grace for myself, grace for other people, like, has oh, really helped me um, through it, you know. And I, like, just came out to my mom as non-binary. <laughs> She, wow. I don't think she still knows what that means. But, How did it go? It went, it went okay. She was, I think at this point, I was like, I was talking to a friend yesterday. I was like, well, I first came out as gay, which is the big one. And then I came out as a drag queen, which is a, a thing that is like questionable. And then it was like, and now I'm coming out as non-binary. Um, and I was So everybody's like, got some practice with the <laughs> coming out process. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I, and I try not, and I was like, I'm not, we're not going to have the pronouns conversation because I just, like, my mom is in Oklahoma. She's like in her 60s. I'm just like not (laughs) going to try. But, you know, I just wanted to have that conversation with her because, yeah, I do post a lot of stuff about being non binary on IG. And like, I just got these like new headshots where I have like colored hair, which I would have never done, you know? And I was always trying to fit into this, like, what I thought, like, Hollywood wanted me to look like. And now I'm just sort of saying, like, fuck it, you know, and just, yeah, just going there. Um, And it's, it's a work in progress. Um, But it's, (laughs) but, Which is the name of the show. Right. (laughs) Turn on Right. But it's been, it's been really beautiful. Like, the greatest thing last week, my mom was like. She was like watching something. She was like, that girl thinks she Beyonce. She's trying to be Beyonce. And she was like, Cleo is Beyonce. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> that is so, that is so sweet. Right? It was so sweet. Yeah. And like the one time she was like watching TV and she was like yelled at my brother. She's like, stop the press pause with Ryan She was like, that was, she goes, she calls me Pooh. That's my nickname. She was like, that was Pooh. On TV, because now I'm on TV. She thinks I'm going to be on everything. But <laughs> oh my god! This and she rewinds it. She was like, "Oh, that was Beyonce." <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not the worst, not the worst right. thing she could say about right. your drag performance, right? Yeah. Oh, so oh. yeah, so you know. I mean, this is a pretty important thing to say, and then I'll ask you all a final question, but just to say, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but, you know, Beyonce and I are the same age. How does that make you feel to, like, really think about what we've both been able to achieve? (laughs) Just congrats (laughs) to her. (laughs) Wait, when Whitney Houston um, unfortunately died, I was like, wait we're almost the same age. And like, I was listening to her when I was a child. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I saw Beyonce perform with Destiny's Child when Destiny's Child had four members when we were both 16 at the New World Music Theater outside of Chicago. It's now called the Tweeter Center or something like that. I don't know, whatever it is, the the like outdoor venue. Uh And um, anyway, we've both had since that time, longevity, sense of self. Yeah. 
and great legs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's right yes. back. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so before I send you both back into your day, and thank you so much for being here. It was a real pleasure meeting oh, you both thank and you. talking to you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you to um to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that makes you feel that mm. you can be who you are today. I would say my auntie Z, uh, who is a black trans woman in Chicago. She's not my actual aunt, but I call her my aunt. And we actually met in church at Broadway United Methodist Church. Amazing. <laughs> Back in like 2009, 2010. And I was like getting sober at the time. And she was just like an amazing person. And, this, and she was the one who was identifying as gender fluid first when we first mm-hmm. met. And she just like offered this shoulder for me to lean on. And she also is the one who inspired me to start chanting um, Buddhist. Um, and so it's, she is definitely my queero that I want to shout out. So shout out to oh. you, Auntie Z. I love you. Oh, I love that. I love Auntie Z too. Um, yes. I'm going to hit your next family reunion. Uh, I, I have mine. Um, uh, my queero is a shout out to um, the recently passed sister Kathy Carr BVM, um, uh, which is a an order of the nuns, and also um, she's the person I came out to. Um, oh my gosh! And, yeah, and she could not have been more loving, more kind, more accepting. Absolutely incredible. Changed my whole perspective on everything, and. Um, you know, uh, not that Sister Kathy was queer to my knowledge, but she was um, absolutely 100 um, percent a queero in my my mind for taking care of this uh, student at a Catholic college um, wow. and just unconditionally showing love, which you don't sometimes get when you come out like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was I. That's who I should have come out to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can't go back now. Well, we can only go forward. I'll just (laughs) keep it in mind for For next time. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it's really been lovely to speak to you both. Thank you so much. And can't wait to see the next season. Uh, Thank you so much. You're awesome. This is great. Thank you. Hopefully, our paths will cross in LA. Yes, they will. That's definitely going to happen. Yes. (laughs) 